The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. And welcome back to Answers for Elders Radio, everyone. And I am here with Annie Jacobson, who is a dementia care coach. Um, and Annie, I know you've been with the show before um, one other time, and I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you. As Thrilled we're talking about health care in the month of February. <laughs> <laughs> and I am really excited to have you back because... We obviously, so many families right now are dealing with, I know that, I think the latest statistics out there is 150,000 residents in the state of Washington yeah. are afflicted with Alzheimer's, which is a form of dementia. And yet, and they're being cared for by close to half a million uh, family caregivers out there. And you are an amazing dementia care coach that can help families be more effective in their communication as they, you know, as seniors or those with dementia start to lose their faculties. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you're here um, to talk to us today about how to do that better. So welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be back. I'm glad you're here, too. So fill us in about communication. Well, one of the things with communication is we have our family history that Mm -hmm. can trigger us. Mm -hmm. So becoming aware of that. But the biggest part I try and look at is, I'm not going to become a family therapist. That's not my role. No. But helping people understand what capacities are still there. Actually looking at scans of the brain Mm -hmm. and the regions that are still firing. Sure. They're smaller, but they're where we need to focus. And obviously with the, you know, the whole condition of dementia, obviously that depends on different people. I mean, sometimes your long-term memory is always there, you know, and that's kind of the last to go. Yep. But, you know, there might be some paranoia with some, some, there might be some hallucinations with others. I mean, tell us a little bit about how that develops usually. Yeah. Um, d- different forms of dementias. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, early diagnosis is a big priority. Right. One of the things families and individuals themselves notice most often is something with memory. There are things like a stroke where a region of the brain is dying, and that can be very specific. But sometimes you don't know, oh, is this frontal temporal lobe? Is this Louie? Mm -hmm. Is this what's happening? So those early diagnoses can help you know what type of Mm -hmm. cognitive change is going on for your loved one. And dementia is basically that two or more regions of the brain are dying. So if you can know which parts are no longer there... And one of the things that we're so apt to use all the time that I may have mentioned previously is language. Yes. And language is very often one of the regions in many forms of dementia to lose the ability early on. Mm-hmm. People have word salad. They may be talkers, <laughs> but it's complete word salad making mm-hmm. no sense. Mm-hmm. There may be people who are just struggling to find the right word. A very that compassionate thing. That was totally my mom. I'll yeah. bless her heart. Very compassionate early on, if you know somebody you love is having cognitive decline, you mm-hmm. ask them, would you like me, if you have trouble finding a word, do you want me to fill in the word or do you want me to hang back and wait? Yeah. Because that's as different in night and day. There's no right answer. That's a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. My father has some changes and some days he has trouble finding the word and he would rather I give him time. Mm-hmm. And that was my mom. She would tell me, don't, you know, let me think it. Let me do this. And it's like, okay, mom. Mm-hmm. And and um, sometimes I would get impatient. 
And that's not good either. <laughs> but then there's the other person who says, oh, please fill it in. I'm embarrassed sitting here looking for the word. Yeah. So that's a very compassionate a way thing. a family mm-hmm. member mm-hmm. can look at, okay, how do, how do I be here with you yeah. during this? Good point. So mm. tell us a little bit about, you talk about that there's five senses to maximize. And I, you know that we want to talk a little bit about that today. Just give me an, a basic overview of what those are. Certainly. Um, you, you've got sound, sight, mm-hmm. um, touch, and then as far as the amount of information we get right. from it, you go to smell and then taste. Mm-hmm. But the language, the sound is something we rely on so immensely. Mm-hmm. And with general aging and with the, the brain changes, that's often one of the ones that's lost sure. first. Mirroring is incredibly valuable. However, if you come up to somebody who has... Alzheimer's, their vision range is about the reach of their fingertips and maybe as wide as a couple feet in front of them. So they've got a very small range of vision. So what do people do? They come and they lean right into your face and go, hi. And that can be terrifying. So there's ways that you physically get yourself visually Mm -hmm. present for somebody Mm -hmm. that can be comforting, not fearful to them. Good point. One of the things with touch is there's there's ways that palm to palm can be a very comforting gesture, and there are ways you can approach, show your hand. If they reach their hand out, mm-hmm. there's some rhythm in their old right. memory right. that's saying, oh, here's a social norm, and they can move into that. And you can physically begin to move them with some specific alignments. Um, you get your elbow in the crook of their elbow, and it gives them some support and comfort physically for walking, as well as it's, it's a very secure feeling pose. Sure. These are the kind of physical things with touch I can teach a family. Mm-hmm. And then remembering that salt and sweet are what they're going to go for because those are the the tastes that are still there in their mouth. Mm-hmm. So really looking at all five of the senses. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite is the the music, melodic memory, uh, when people can still get that. Alzheimer's it's, and dementia. It's a powerful tool. Even rhythm, when you're trying to get somebody out of a chair, if you start to hum a familiar tune, you can get their body moving. Yes. Versus saying, get up, get up, get up. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you so, know, Annie, you bring up so many amazing you know, revelations, because because <laughs> I think about, you know, we as a community, we'll go through and we'll think, you know, well, mom, I'm just going to be myself. And sometimes we all, as a family need to make some shifts in our communication when we have a loved one with dementia. And that is something I think that's so valuable of what you're bringing. So we are talking, everyone, to Annie Jacobson. And Annie, you are a dementia uh, dementia care coach. Tell us a little bit about how you work with families. So the way I work with families is the preference is to be in person, in the home, the primary residence Mm -hmm. of the individual with dementia, Mm -hmm. being in the familiar surroundings Mm -hmm. and not an artificial environment or trying to navigate all this over the phone Mm -hmm. is, is the preference. In that, we come in and we identify, okay, what's one place where you're struggling, where, mm-hmm. where it feels like it's really challenging? Great. Let's look at how we're approaching that. And you kind of take a holistic view of that in living environment, the family. Um, and so if a family called you, you'd come in and you'd want to probably meet with all the main players, right? Is that I, correct? Ideally, unless the person with the cognitive change is just overwhelmed by that. Sure. Sometimes I've met some players in a coffee shop and, and a couple people at the house so that people mm-hmm. know who I am and how right, I can coach. Right, right. 
<coughs> pardon me, um, but yes, the people that are involved in the process, every moment really matters. Mm-hmm. And so looking at how am I approaching this person is going to make the whole day go differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that you need to be in person face to face with. And often a son comes and cares on Tuesdays and somebody else on mm-hmm. Friday. If we can get the whole system together, that's certainly ideal. So you've talked about trainings that you do. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little little bit about training programs that you have. Well, I'm working on a program with um, a group of EMTs right now that are actually first responders saying, when we go in, we don't know how best to communicate with somebody with dementia. So I'm talking to them about language being very likely gone and some of the logic sequences gone, but how they can use visual cueing, touch, repetition and rhythm to get them to lift their left arm or whatever Ah, it may be that they need. Um, I've facilitated roundtable discussions for families looking at moving into memory care Mm -hmm. or already living in memory care where I can be there to kind of back up or bring in resources as needed, but the families are such a wealth of information Mm -hmm. for one another. Um, Doing some caregiver trainings where it's home care agencies. Absolutely. And Everybody gets into this work because of their heart. Sometimes it is exhausting and you wind up being so focused on the task. I bring people back to being about the person. Mm-hmm. Because even if these are the, the items you need to check off today, if you don't intend to where that person is in that moment, things are going to be a bigger battle than need be. Right. And you actually save yourself time in the long run if you can have things work more smoothly. If they don't really wake up well till 10, all right, let's figure out how we're going to work with that. Right, right. Little variables being person-centric rather than task-oriented. Well, and I think one of the things in doing a training like you do with a family is it's it's also helpful for the family to work together. I think one of the things that happens, if especially if mom or dad were the matriarch or patriarch of the <laughs> family, you know, you've got this shift in the balance of the dynamic of the family. And so, you know, oftentimes siblings aren't on the same page. They aren't, you know, together kind of thing. And so having the ability to kind of come together to bring people together in some sort of a formality um, environment where you can kind of understand the dynamic of the family. I'm sure that's a big part of it, isn't it? The dynamic of the family is a huge player in it. And Every nobody's wrong. Maybe right. some people have some more innate skill than others, but where people are emotionally, with they talk about living grief mm-hmm. when you have somebody with dementia, you're watching this person fade away who you've always loved. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to deal with that differently, and so a big part of my training is how are we being kind to ourselves? How big are time. we starting with our baseline so that we can be engaged in the most positive way Absolutely. for this other person. Absolutely. And the other thing is, I'm going to just tag on to that, because I always used to be try to be so accurate with doctors and nurses when <laughs> my mom would say, you know, like a scale from 1 to 10, you know, where's your pain level? It was always a 4, even though she was in pain, oh, you know. So that was her her thinking. And I'd say, Mom, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it was great, because the nurse took me to his side and she goes Suzanne the truth at this point in their life is pretty much irrelevant and I that was a big freeing to me yeah. that I didn't feel like I had to be the one that had to hold it all together and make sure that all the facts were straight and that was a huge um, you know responsibility that I felt 
on my shoulders. They and talk about reality I, requirements. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, Annie, how do we reach you? Phone is great, 206 617 Six six eight three, or my website probably is best. Jacobson J A C O B S E N D C C dot com. And you have um, a a promotion. You're saying about two families. If they reach out to you, you will actually provide um, a training for them for C- free. Certainly, yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, for for two families that reach out to me, um, attending one of the trainings that I have coming up in the coming months. Or we can discuss variables for your specific situation. Well, well, that is great. It's so wonderful that you offer that service. And thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for the show. It's such a value. Answers for Elders radio show with Suzanne Newman hopes you found this podcast useful in your journey of navigating senior care. Check out more podcasts like this to help you find qualified senior care experts in areas of financial, legal, health and wellness, and living options. Learn about our radio show, receive our monthly newsletter, receive promotional discounts, and meet our experts by clicking on the banner to join the Senior Advocate Network at AnswersForEldersRadio.com. Now there is one place to find the Answers for Elders. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.